fantastic. Michael Heck from Greater New Orleans, Inc. joins us. Hey, Mom. That that might be the strangest compliment I've ever received, actually. One of the creepiest, too. She's 90, physically, mentally sharp, and I think drives her vehicle better than you drive yours, Miguel. What do you think of that? I think that's probably exactly, exactly right. So, say... If I told you you had to have the perfect day in New Orleans, right? What would your what what would that day be? How would you start? How would it, what's what's your perfect day? It's springtime. Or you're gonna you had the perfect day. What would that be? Perfect day in New Orleans. Yeah, I think. I mean, weather would be you know sixty five, not a cloud in the sky, a little breezy, low humidity. Uh, my dogs would be barking and happy. Um, you know, I'd go get, be looking forward to meeting some friends and getting a good lunch somewhere and meeting some friends and getting a good dinner somewhere and enjoying something outside in between, like maybe Audubon Park or something like that. I don't know. Where are you going with this, Miguel? No, I don't know. That was a very Theroian of you. I don't know. I'm just, 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 just asking in case. A little, you know, little maple you know, leaf at night, maybe on Oak Street, right. a little live music. I don't know. No, that's all. You know, your mother cares about you. That's all. <laughs> yep. No, she does. Unequivocally. Thank goodness. No they matter what I say job. or do. Just like this segment, Mike, I can have some meltdown, attack politicians, get all sour and jaded on the city. And then you always kind of straighten me out with some good economic news, something positive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, I'll give you some. I give you some good news and some bad news and some good news. How about that? That sounds good. So you know, the the good news is that we've run the numbers and job postings in in the the region are nine percent above what they were before the pandemic. 50,000 jobs almost are out there open uh, with people looking for, for jobs. So the companies are beginning to rehire. Um, and that's uh, really good news. And we've actually had nine straight months of job posting growth after three that were down, obviously, starting in May, I mean, in now, March of last year. Now does, the the bad bad news news. Have, now, does the bad news have something to do with this good news? Because I might have an idea what yeah. it is. Yeah, I think yeah, you don't have enough workforce to fill the 50,000 positions right now because people have changed jobs, uh, moved somewhere else, uh, living off of the money they're getting from the feds or something. I don't know. Is that the bad no, news? Can't that, fill so, the jobs? That's exactly right. Exactly right. There is, there is a headline in one of our newspapers today that said, surprisingly, companies are going to have, restaurants are going to have trouble finding enough servers. I'm like, that's not surprising. That was a problem before the pandemic. And now people have had a year to think about their lives, and now they're, they're, they've gotten these checks, and they've got enhanced unemployment. This is not surprising at all. And meanwhile, the demand is through the roof because people have been kept at home for a year. They're desperate for the humanity and culture that New Orleans provides, and they've got money on hand. So what you're going to see is actually some type of wage inflation in the near term. That will eventually translate to higher prices for customers. And maybe that's kind of an okay outcome, because I'll tell you, 
as a former restaurateur, I never liked the fact that customers expected they were going to get, you know, a quality dinner meal, piece of protein, well done, well served, with sides, delivered to their table for $20, $24. The numbers just don't add up. No, exactly. And so maybe it's time to, right, to reacrylate a little bit. And maybe, you know, at Brightson's, instead of paying $28, you're paying $32. You know, $32. But yeah. that, that's just what it costs. Yep. Yep. Hey, Michael, what's the, the third part of this trifecta? What's the good news on the back end you were mentioning? Is it uh, might have people moving here, uh, taking those jobs or something? Yeah, well, so that's one. I mean, they clearly there's a big migration of people that are looking to move out of the big cities and move here. And I don't have hard numbers because it's trailing, but every week I'm hearing about new people that are moving here. I heard about somebody this week who's moving down here uh, with her husband, she's somebody from one of the biggest consulting firms in the country. I talked to him and said, you also just move back here, and they are. Uh, and we've got a big social media campaign going that's targeting folks who went to high school and college in Louisiana, getting them to come back. And so that's going to work. But the bigger thing I wanted to mention is I put together something that I'm calling the money map uh, because there's so much money that's coming out of D.C. that I, it kind of feels like we're in like one of those old-school game show booths with all the $20 bills blowing around and just wearing a little bikini. Yep. And I wanted people to understand, you know, how many dollars were out there. And I did the numbers, and I'll send it to you. Basically, between the American Rescue Plan, typical appropriations that now have earmarks, and the infrastructure plan, there's a total of $5.5 trillion coming out of D.C. this year. That's 25% of the GDP. It's a number. To give you a sense of how big that is, we got laughed at after Katrina when Mary Landry asked for $200 billion. This is $5.5 trillion. And so the good news is that, and putting aside the questions of how the heck we pay for this as a country down the road, but right now there's a lot of opportunity for New Orleans to get money for sewer and waterboard, right? For us to get money for our roads, for our bridges to develop a real highway loop around greater New Orleans, to, to do the Florida Avenue bridge and the expressway on the bayou side of the lower ninth, to build the port down in Violet and St. Bernard, to get the light rail done to the airport. There are enormous opportunities for us that you know we couldn't have imagined a year ago, and uh, we now need to take advantage of it. No doubt about it. And I did see something that was a little encouraging. I was nervous about this. Mayor Latoya Cantrell, it looks like they're putting together like a a committee, a group of people that are going to decide how to spend this money. That's refreshing instead of, you know, the mayor or the city council or something. Yeah, I mean, there are three ways that we can spend this money generically. We can spend it to take care of the cost of COVID, right, restore people who are laid off, take care of missed tax revenue. We can use it to deal with acute crises, like the stuff that the sewer and water board needs to get things in place, yeah. um, like finishing the energy transfer, doing work on our water gallery. And then there's money you can put in place for visionary projects that create a better region for the future. Things like getting the full container uh, port built, uh, building a, a tech campus at Charity Hospital, um, building out next generation healthcare, and hopefully we can spend the money um, from all the pots in all three areas. 
Michael Hex with us for a few more minutes. Greater New Orleans, Inc. Hey, Michael, do you worry at all or it's 2021 and it doesn't matter at all? And I don't even think it's going to happen. It's sort of a moot point. So it is, even though it's sort of real, like it's being discussed in Baton Rouge, I think it's an absurd hypothetical I'm asking you. If marijuana and prostitution were legal, would, would you have to go, you know, jump over hurdles to do your job? Or, hey, Corey, I'm not the Christian coalition, and no, I'm not going to have to jump over hurdles to get my job. It's 2021, and no one cares if prostitution or weed is legal. Wait, 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 what? If weed legal? and prostitution were legal, would it be, make your job harder? Or it wouldn't change anything at all. No CEO gives a crap if prostitution or weed is legal. I was saying it's a hypothetical, no, I, even it, though they're discussing it in Baton Rouge, because I don't think this stuff's getting out of committee and is getting voted on this year. But I just wanted no, to ask I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding you. I think, I think what's, what's interesting about marijuana um, and medical marijuana is, is two things. That on one hand, uh, all of us know people who have family members who have used medical marijuana, and it's been incredibly important to them. Yep. And frankly, when we have companies that are legally selling heroin, then it's kind of absurd that we can't use uh, THC if it has beneficial properties. Um, on the other hand, I would also say that the um, because uh, marijuana has been illegal in this country, there's been very little research done on it. But I can tell you anecdotally from a couple of my college roommates that I'm very concerned about the effect of weed on the brains of young people, people under 25, yep. uh, younger even than you, uh, because I've seen what it can do. And so I think it's something that is, you know, worth us exploring, but being thoughtful and careful about it. And it's an adult I'm thing. Fine I mean, if, yeah. I don't want some what? 12-year-old drinking beer, smoking weed or any of that. I'm with you. No, look what it did to you. Huh? Who is this? So, and on, 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 Wait, on hang the on. There's a box of fudge in front of me. I've got to eat this fudge. Who is this? <laughs> don't I don't remember. It. Don't eat it. Don't eat the fudge. Oh, boy. Don't eat the fudge. Yeah, and, you know, I, that, that's, that's uh, Landry's bill. And I, we'll, we'll see. But, but I do think that there is, you know, to the degree that we're talking about, about sex trafficking and women's rights, those are important things to, to be addressed. And so I think that it's, it's a way of, I'm getting at that. But frankly, the stuff that's happening in Baton Rouge that I'm most excited about right now is tax reform. And the idea of getting rid of federal deductibility and lowering our income tax rate is one of the simplest and most effective things that we can do because it'll make us look better, won't cost us a penny as a state, won't raise anybody's taxes. It'll just make it us look cheaper. And it means that we'll no longer be financially beholden to decisions in Washington, D.C., uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm encouraged that that will get through, but then it's going to require a vote of the people, which will be a bigger challenge. Michael, let's finish it on this note. I, I got to kind of laugh a little bit, kind of the state of the city, and, and that this is actually something that's meaningful, but it is meaningful. So I want to discuss it, especially where it's going. You're making Chick me nervous. This is the biggest lead-in you've ever given me. What do you want to talk about? Chick-fil-A coming to Carrollton at Tulane. Thank you, Sidney Torres. All BS aside, that's a nice thing for that corner. That's a crusty corner, a brand-new, clean Chick-fil-A. It's going to drive tax dollars for Orleans Parish for sure. They do about twenty grand a day. And uh, hopefully it can 
get some good growth going on Tulane Avenue in between uh, Doc Francis and Carrollton. Well, you know, you're it's it's a major intersection over there. Yep, Tulane's gone through an extraordinary transformation over yep. the past ten years. I mean, look, I mean, Tulane used to be one of those streets that if you were on Tulane, you either wouldn't remember it or you'd be dead. And now it's starting to develop with some nice restaurants and hotels and housing and the VA. And I think putting a cap on the end of it down at Carrollton, it will be a nice way to kind of create a as right, a cleaner, nicer, more modern entrance into it. And uh, look, any time one of these big national franchises invests big in the region, it's yep. a validation of the region and the city. So regardless of what you think about Chick-fil-A versus Raising Cane's versus Popeye's, and I've got my own personal opinion. Me too. Um, it is a validation, and it does create good momentum. I wish we could just get, like, some hood Chick-fil-A's, like Chef Highway and Gentilly, New Orleans East, any of the three exits, Crowder or Bullard or Reed, Claiborne and MLK, maybe St. Claude and Franklin. That would be incredible. I'd love to see something like that sort of in the, you know, these neighborhoods that are kind of seeing some gentrification, plop a Chick-fil-A in there. That would be unreal. Anyway. It would be liner. Like I was in Lakeside the other day. Just just went in there and you need to get a pair of sunglasses. And the food court was pretty much empty except Chick Fil A. <laughs> like you know, like people were waiting to see the last performance of Bon Jovi. I yep. don't know what it is about that place. It's a bit of a phenomenon. I don't. It is a bit it, of a phenomenon. You know. It's crazy. I mean, it's all right. It ain't that good. Hey, Michael. It's all right. Always a pleasure, you know, I mean, brother. <laughs> I think we're going to legalize weed, marijuana, and Chick-fil-A, all three. That's the trifecta. Don't forget about prostitution. Michael, always a pleasure. (laughs) Always a pleasure, Corey. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're right, brother. Thanks for what you do. Corey 